The Swain Event Podcast is brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Transportation. There are over 100 million pieces of litter on our beautiful Tennessee roadways, and TDOT spends $19 million a year picking it up. Join the Nobody Trashes Tennessee movement at nobodytrashestennessee.com. Brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Transportation. Let's get to the Irish Networks hotline to start our number three here on the program. Thank you for making the Swain Event Part of your morning. Let's get to Jay. Jay, good morning. Blaine. What's up, Jay? Boy, Neela Mafia is going to save the day, ain't he? Hey, man. Neela Mafia yeah. might, may be the smartest person in the room, or he may not be with, with that take. <laughs> we'll we'll Will see, you? man. It's like the person who invented the telephone. Was that, um, was that Alexander Graham Bell? Was that him? Yeah. Think about like the first time he told someone is, yeah, I'm thinking about inventing a telephone. I'm going to talk to someone that's not here. How did you know that? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I think I remembered it from school. But um, think about, like, the first time he told someone that. Mm-hmm. Like, like, I'm going I'm to create a device where you can talk to someone that's, <laughs> a, like, miles and miles away or cities away. Think about how people are laughing at him. <laughs> this dude's oh, yeah. on drugs. What are you on? And then he went out and did it. Think about, like, how embarrassed those people were that doubted him. Maybe that's Neil Mafia. I don't know. Hey, you know, most, most genius is met with people doubting you and thinking you're crazy. So yeah. you never know. Hey, hey, remember, hey, Steve Jobs left Microsoft. Like, oh, what an idiot. Why would you leave Microsoft? Um, look, look at Apple. <laughs> so, told when Steve Jobs said he was going to put a thousand songs in your pocket, that's going to be the, you know, <laughs> the size of a stick of gum. Everybody thought he was crazy. Hey, maybe Neil Mafia is the next Steve Jobs. <laughs> so, but you know what? I, I understand some of his frustration. I I, I kind of get to what he's, you know, I caught the tail end. I kind of understand what he's saying. And, you know, I don't think it's about necessarily tucking and running, but perception is reality. And oftentimes what is perceived is just, they just, that's how people view it. And much content, you know, context is not really needed. The perception when Dabo started at Clemson, and I remember Kirk Herbstreit saying this uh, after one of their bowl games. Hey, this Clemson program's a great pro. This is when he was first starting out, and and Herbstreit was like, "Hey, this Clemson program, they win ten games a year annually. This is a great program," and that that was the perception of Clemson. Now, were they a good program? Yeah, but were they beating up on the sisters of the poor to get those ten wins? Absolutely. But that wasn't the perception. That was the perception was they can get ten wins a year. That allowed them to get a higher grade of recruit than ever before, and then they, they it elevates them to the college football playoff. Now you're right, Swain. You are one hundred percent right. Tennessee has done this to themselves in terms of going five and seven every year for the last 10, 13 years almost, you know, I mean, or almost every year. I mean, the the bad decisions, the administrative issues, Tennessee, nobody has done that to Tennessee but us. We have made terrible, terrible decisions. But it is much more costly for us to lose our footing in the SEC than like 99% of other programs in football due to our schedule. Our schedule is so lopsided, and, and Neyland Mafia mentioned that. You're having to play like three of the most, on, uh, easily, 
three of the four of the most talented teams in the country every year, not to mention when you get the Auburn, the Texas A&M, the LSU from the West, it's just it's murderer's row. And it makes it so much harder to not only just be a respectable program year in and year out, but to actually just get up off the mat. I mean, it's so much harder just for us to get up off the mat and get our program back on stable footing because we have to play those teams every year. And I promise you, I promise you, if Oklahoma or Ohio State had to play that schedule every year, Oklahoma and Ohio State are going to have a lot of two- and three-loss seasons. I promise you. And the perception of Oklahoma and Ohio State are going to go down. So, and, and not only that, we have to play those teams one right after the other. We can't even spread them out. I used to not be of the opinion that I wanted to, as uh, I think that was Big Orange Mac that maybe just called in, mm-hmm. tuck, tail, and run. I, did, I never wanted to tuck tail and run and not play Alabama. Now, my dad, who's an old-time Vol fan, who, you know, has been, you know, graduate, you know, went to UT and all that, he now doesn't want to play Alabama. And, and I'm kind of of that mindset now. I'm so sick of having this lopsided schedule. Even, when it, even within the SEC, our schedule is lopsided. And, you know, so when Neyland Mafia mentioned – you know, playing the schedule, kind of schedule we have to play. And I don't think it's about tuck, tail, and running, man. I'm just – this is getting ridiculous. Uh, you know, we have to have our, – our hill that we have to climb is so much harder than Clemson. I don't resent Clemson because they came in here and took T. Higgins and Amari Rogers. I resent them because the path that they have to take is so much different. The path that Kentucky has to take is so much different than what we have to do. And I don't think that's fair, Swing. Well, Jay, how how do you think General Nealon would would, would 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 react? Well, General Nealon would probably look at me with disgust because you know he's just that kind of man. So I understand that. But I mean, it's look, the NFL tries to avoid this. You know, the NFL tries to avoid these things. If they saw this, they would say, "Look." Tennessee is behind the eight ball every year with this schedule. Why is their schedule so disproportionately harder than everyone else's? Jay, you know, pro sports tries to avoid this kind of stuff. Jay, but college football doesn't seem to care. You know why our schedule seems to be so so hard and unbearable? Because we have like sucked. <laughs> well, I Jay, we have sucked, man. I understand. Simple that. as that. And, and let's let's have this argument. When Tennessee is not beating Tennessee, we are in a first year of a new AD and a new head coach again. But, like, but, but Swain, let's 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 make sure our grass is cut first and keep it cut for a little bit before we start, you know, complaining about our our schedule. Like we haven't even put together a a a team or have a stretch of multiple years where everything is 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 you know, drama-free, and everything is rolling to even miss out on going Just to playing. Atlanta because because of our schedule. We just – we've killed ourselves. That's all I'm I saying. Under, I understand that. And, look, I, it's not like I'm saying I wish Butch or Dooley or Kippen was still here, but our schedule prevents us from doing that. If we played 
Clemson schedule. Heck, if we played Kentucky's schedule, Butch, I'm not saying it's a good thing, but Butch Jones would still be here because he would have won enough games. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Part of it, part of a lot of it is our doing, but part of it is our schedule and how it's set up. It prevents us from getting up off the map. You know, Butch Jones when he got to play Big Ten teams, he looked like Vince Lombardi. But so I mean, if we could play a Big Ten schedule, Butch Jones is a coach that'll get you ten, eleven wins every year. The but, way he recruited, yeah. But would Butch Jones want to be here if we're not in the SEC? But I'm saying even in the SEC, our schedule is lopsided. Can we can we at least get some of our games spread out? But That's w- what I would like to know. Can we at least get them spread out where we don't have to play them our five, our four or five hardest games every year? Right in a row. Can we at least get them spread out well, a little bit? Well, Jay, we didn't. We wouldn't. We didn't have this complaint in 2015, 2016. We beat ourselves in 15 and 16. Yeah, but Florida and Georgia were terrible. Yeah, but again, like we didn't have those complaints. We we have these complaints because because it's convenient when we stink. Like we're not complaining when we're actually good and have a chance to to go win. All I'm saying is like let's let's let's. Cut our own grass, put ourselves in position like 15 and 16, and if we are maximizing our efforts and we're still coming up short because of the schedule, then I would be more on board with you. But it's it's been us beating ourselves. Like 15, we beat ourselves. 16, all you had to do is beat South, a sorry South Carolina team to go to the Atlanta. You couldn't do that. And then all you had to do was beat a sorry Vanderbilt team to go to the Sugar Bowl, and you couldn't do that. So I don't Point the finger at anyone else. I don't look for it to be easier. I look for us to get better. That's how I look at it. I'm just not there yet. That's why you're a better man than I am. I'm not there yet, Jay. I appreciate it, man. I'm just not there. Well, it's, it's just like there. if if Tennessee was where Tennessee should be, Tennessee beats Ole Miss. Yeah. Tennessee beats Kentucky next yeah. next Saturday. And, and that's not me taking anything – away from Ole Miss or Kentucky. I think Ole Miss is a good football team. Everybody knows I think Kentucky is a good football team. But they they have deficiencies. Ole Miss is not good defensively. Kentucky, they're, they're, they're good, but they, they have some issues as as well. Mississippi State should be having this argument. Mississippi State should be having this argument. We have maximized every opportunity. Kentucky should be having yeah, like we, this, this argument. We, yeah, like everything is perfect for us. Vandy. Everything is in, a, in line for us, and we still can't get over the hump. Those are conversations that those programs have. But when Tennessee is doing everything that they're supposed to be doing, you're you are in the championship picture. You are in the championship conversation. You have a legitimate shot of winning a championship, like we did in fifteen, like we did in sixteen. But we're making this argument because we have shot ourselves in a foot. Mm-hmm. All right, let's go to the phones. Well, and the last thing I was going to say is like. And in the midst of, like, if Tennessee were Tennessee, they'd beat Ole Miss. They would, they would beat Kentucky. Like, yeah, it's still a, a tough four-game schedule. All four of these teams, including Alabama and Georgia, are all ranked inside the top 12, top 15 right now. So it, it would still be a, a, quote, tough stretch, even if Tennessee were Tennessee. But you have a bye week in between Alabama and Kentucky. And then it's, it's coupled with Ole Miss, Alabama. It's coupled with... Kentucky, Georgia. It's not Florida, Georgia, Alabama all in a row and, and without a bye week. And even next year's schedule that we talked about 
yesterday. I mean, you, you get a break. You get a bye week between Florida and LSU. It's beautiful. And, and then you, you also get a, a crappy team. Uh, you do play LSU and Alabama uh, back-to-back, which won't be fun. But at least you have a bye week between Florida and LSU. But, and then before you get to Kentucky and Georgia, you play UT Martin. So, like, I, I, don't, I don't think the schedule is, is all that to, to complain about because Tennessee's capable of beating those teams if, if Tennessee is, is being Tennessee. Let's get better, man. Let's do that. Let's, let's go get back to, to the phone. Uh, Dave Tone. Dave Tone, good morning. Hey, can you guys hear me? Yes. Okay. I have pretty good reception here, so I just wanted to check. Uh, just the last caller, the last conversation changed what I was calling in about. Okay. Uh, Swain, I agree. I agree 100% with you. Uh, you know, Tennessee quits shooting themselves in the foot. Tennessee starts playing the way we used to play. You know, you know what? We don't need recruiting because the recruits are going to come to us once they see we're playing the big boys, we're, we're playing the teams that paved the way to the national championship. Uh, they're going to want to be part of that. The reason why we get some good recruits now, our, our biggest offering point to them is, is playing time. Uh, and once we get back to where we need to be and we quit shooting ourselves in the foot, that's going to go away because you're going to have to be an exceptional player to get early playing time. You, you know, right now we've got walk-ons getting playing time. Uh, one thing I won't, won't disagree with Jay about is we do have a murder's row in our schedule, and, and, but we've always had that. It would be nice to throw, throw <laughs> excuse me, a uh, bye weekend there, you know, maybe before the Alabama game. I don't know. But uh, uh, Tennessee will sell itself like Tennessee used to sell itself when we quit shooting ourselves. But, you know, we ain't going to talk, we ain't gonna talk tail. You know, we, 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 if we weren't in the SEC, we may never come back out of it. You know what I mean? Yeah, we can go to the ACC and play Clemson schedule, but you know what? We're not as good as Clemson, so we're, we're not going to have cupcake games like them. They are this year. Uh, where, where was this conversation when ten, you know, before 2008? Was anybody having this conversation before 2008? Because Tennessee has always had a tough schedule. Tennessee has always scheduled out-of-conference tough opponents, but no one was having this conversation. Then no one's having a conversation no, in 2015, we 2016. Better. Exactly. That's the point. Go get better. And then if you that's are it. better, that's, that's, if you are better. I, I agree with you 100%. Yeah, if you are better and then you are bumping your head on the ceiling and, and you can't get over the hump or the reason you're not getting a shot because, you know, the reason you're not getting a shot at a championship is because conference is just too hard, then okay, let's have that conversation. But how are we having this conversation yeah. right now when we are the reasons why we are in this position? That's, that's what I don't get. Well, I'll tell you what, I believe that we've honestly taken a huge step this year. Yeah, we still have some W's, but we're doing it with a passionate team. And, and these, these, these bigger recruits are going, man, imagine what I can do if, if I get me and my homeboy on the D-line, you know? Uh, I think that Hypo is doing a great job in, in taking those steps forward to get us where we need to be. Uh, yeah, thank you, Dayton. Why do you think each and every year Rivals of 247 lays out that the SEC gets all these five- and four-star players coming to the conference? Because they want to play in the best. Why would you want to leave that? Tennessee is in no position to be standing on its own trying to get players. Like, people want to play in the SEC. 
Get better. And Let's go get better. Go back to your Mississippi State point. Arkansas should be the one complaining. <laughs> yeah. go, go, go look at that Arkansas schedule this year. Go, go look at that schedule. You, you play in the West, which is tougher than the East. Like, I, I'd like to hear Jay's, Jay's phone call if, if Tennessee were in the West and, and didn't have the luxury of playing Missouri and South Carolina and, and, and Vanderbilt. Arkansas, on top of playing in the West, had to play Texas. I know Texas is, is a rebuild, and they did beat them, but that's still a tough game. And then they drew at Georgia this you, season. You know, you, know, you know what the last few phone callers sound like? It sounds like the person, the kid that brings their ball to the playground, and there's nine other kids at the playground. No, excuse me. There's ten other kids at the playground. And the 11th kid brought his ball, and he didn't get picked because he wasn't good enough. But because he didn't get picked, he's going to take his ball home, and now nobody can play. No, kid, you got the ball. Go get better. So that way you get picked next time. Like, these conversations were not going around in 15 and 16. Like, not one phone call that I remember in 15 and 16 when we were doing radio, people were talking about how the schedule was too hard. And how we did, yeah, but people were upset that Bush Jones took an NFL roster and didn't do ish with it. Because Tennessee fans knew that Tennessee could beat Georgia, could beat Alabama, could beat Florida, could beat Oklahoma with the roster that they had. Yeah. I, lo- I love Jay. So I-, I hate that we're kind of picking on, on Jay. Jay's-, Jay's one of my favorite callers. He's-, he's mine too. But Jay's been on this for a while, man. Yeah, he he's has. Been- he's been he walking has. up this tree for a it's- long time. And-, and to be quite frank, Jay, I love you, but I think it's a, a soft take to have. I, I think it- it's soft to have that that mindset. No, it- Tennessee is freaking Tennessee, and Tennessee's been beating itself. And, and Tennessee has all the resources in the world to go out and win a national championship regardless of their schedule. Yep. Yep. Tennessee's got to be better. Exactly. All right, let's go back to the phones. We've got Volstorm. Volstorm, good morning. Boys, before I start in on my rant, kudos to Dave Tone. That was a good, solid phone call. It really was. I'm being sincere. I'm proud of him. Good, good. Now on to the two jokers that came on before him. (laughs) Do not ask God to make times easier. Ask him to make you stronger. Tennessee has never run from playing tough opponents. You think Johnny Majors was complaining back when they played national champion USC back in the 80s? Mm. Notre Dame back then, when Notre Dame was at its at pretty much full strength, mm-hmm. Tennessee has always played a tough out of conference schedule. They've always, always done that. The only difference is we've sucked. Thank you. That's the difference. It's hey, it's harsh, but sometimes you got to be harsh to understand the point and get the point across. And, and, and as far as you know, Neela Mafia's idea. You want the same administration that's run this program into the ground to run an independent national brand? 
I mean, technically, it's a different administration now. But point remains. But, but, but you, you want Tennessee? But you get what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't. We don't need to be putting Tennessee. Got a Tennessee. Yeah, yeah. We don't need to be you know, running. You know, doing that, man. SEC is where we need to be. But the fact of the matter is, is that the SEC has infrastructure in place. The SEC has all the TV deals and everything in place. Do you think nego- Tennessee's going to negotiate a better deal? No. <laughs> no, Look, I don't think you, so. You, you know how you overcome bad officiating? You get you better. Score. Yeah, you get better. You get better and you score to where it doesn't matter if there's two or three bad calls. You put so many damn points on the board, it doesn't matter. That's right. That's right. Listen, I'm gonna complain about officiating when it's when it's bad. But at the same time, we got a lot of work to do. In our own house. You know, it, <laughs> it's it's funny. You don't hear uh, you don't hear other teams complaining when they've won about how, you know, they'll say, yeah, this was a bad call, blah, blah, blah. But it doesn't matter. We won. And that's the, that's the attitude I want to get back to. Yeah, there was some bad officiating, but who cares? We won. Yeah, it just it just looks bad when you're complaining after losing. Well, and, and here's here's the other thing: I would rather play these big games on the schedule than sit around and watch Tennessee play teams like Missouri and South Carolina every week. Like I, I don't want to watch Wake Forest one week, North Carolina football the next week, Duke football the, the week after that. I don't want to watch Boston College. I, I don't want to watch those crappy blankety blankety teams. I, I like I like the the big games. Give me the well, big games all day long. Look, look at the attitude we have toward watching the game whenever we're playing some sorry opponent. Sway said he doesn't even watch the Big Ten. He doesn't even acknowledge the Big Ten. <laughs> I'm working on myself, man. And, 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 and if he doesn't acknowledge the Big Ten. What do you think he does to the ACC? Have you watched an ACC football game this year that does not involve Clemson? I'm trying to be a Pittsburgh? better person. I'm trying yeah. to be. I'm working Nobody on myself. The ACC because Clemson sucked. <laughs> I'm praying. I'm meditating. I'm going to counseling, Ben. I'm trying to be a better person. All right. I'm trying, man. I'm trying. Why start now? Like, I, like, I, like it's it is fun. It is fun to beat up on Missouri, beat up on South Carolina. It'll be fun to beat up. On on Vanderbilt, it's nice. Wait, to, wait, 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 wait. You who? said it wrong. Who? It, it, it'll be nice to beat up on Vanderbilt. <laughs> that that'll be fun, and I like I like that those are easy wins on the schedule. It, it, it'll make the the record look better than what people thought coming into the season. But there's also like a a, a sense of pride in in like knowing that okay, we went ten and two this year and and beat. Florida and Georgia compared to oh uh, we went eleven and one, twelve and zero, and the and the best team we beat was a top twenty five Wake Forest and, and top twenty five Pittsburgh team. Well, and, and let's face it, yeah, the South Carolina game and the Missouri games were were lopsided, but you still beat SEC teams. It's got a different ring to it than beating up on uh, you know Division two, you know. Whatever state. Well, I, I think the other McKee on the text box just just ended this conversation with, with the best point you can possibly 
make. And, and no surprise that his last name is McKee as well. Mm-hmm. But That's uh, debatable. He says, we don't complain about how tough Rick Barnes' schedule in the non-conference is. Because he Jake wins. And, and, and here's the other thing. SEC basketball is tougher than SEC football right now. That's true. And Tennessee is playing a harder non-conference schedule than the football team is at the moment. That's true. I mean, that's 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 what I'm on, man. That's what I'm on, uh, Volstorm. And, and thank you for the phone call, man. Yep. Looking at some of the messages on on YouTube, says uh, Big Rich says I don't agree with the narrative of moving conferences, but this wasn't discussed before 2008 because we had yet to uh, demonstrate the inability to come back from mediocrity like the last 13 years. At some point, people will look to different avenues for improvement. Tennessee had not demonstrated an ability to rise up in spite of having, quote, all the resources. Tennessee football has defined insanity for almost two decades. Yeah, because the decisions made by us. So here's an idea. Stop making stupid decisions, us. And it looks like we're finally doing that with the leadership that we have in place. It's funny how that works. Because everybody else who are, who, who's winning, they have the leadership in place. When's the last time have you seen a bunch of presidents and chancellors and, and ADs moving from Clemson and Alabama and Ohio State and Oklahoma? Oh, oh, you see the correlation? So let's fix that first. You finally hired a football coach that was a good person and actually knows X's and O's at the same time. Not one or the other. So let's see how it works out first. Stop making stupid decisions and then wishing for it to be easier. Make the right decisions, do things the right way, and and then see what happens. And Tennessee is a place, if you do those things, you should win at a high level. But if you do those in South Carolina, if you do those in Mississippi State, if you do those in Kentucky, it don't matter. Your ass ain't competing for an SC championship. That's the way it works. And we've seen those schools at their best. And even at their best, they ain't going to Atlanta. Even at their best, they're not a serious player, a serious contender for more than one year. They're flashing a pan. So get better. Get better. Not wish for it to be easier. All right, I go back to the phones. We'll do that after this quick break. Be right back. For a replay of East Day's Swain Event TV, like us on Facebook. Good morning, Swain Event crew. Fall is here, and according to the big box stores, it's Christmas time, too. This time of year is traditionally a busy one for the East Tennessee real estate market, and it will continue through the end of 2021 as well. Most people think the holidays aren't the right time to buy and sell. However, it is one of the best times to jump in the market. To find out more, just give me a call, Jennifer Morris, Keller Williams Realty, at 865-257-7897, or email me at jennifermorris865 at gmail.com. And go Vols! J.C.'s Tree and Landscaping Service specializes in quality tree work done at an affordable price. Trimming and removing trees are their specialty. They also offer other services like land clearing, stump grinding, crane services, and all of your basic landscaping needs for both commercial and residential. J.C.'s will give you a free estimate and beat any written quote by a competitor to guarantee that you get the lowest price around. Don't risk your land with a fly-by-night service. 
JC's Tree and Landscaping is licensed and insured. Give them a call at 865-599-3799. Litter is a big problem in Tennessee, but together we can do big things. We can make our cities, our waterways, our roads cleaner and safer. The Tennessee Department of Transportation is committed to reducing litter in our communities, but we need your help to do it. There are over 100 million pieces of litter in our roads at any given time, and it costs TDOT about $19 million a year just to clean it up. The first step to keeping Tennessee beautiful is to rally behind these three simple words. Nobody trashes Tennessee. Join the Nobody Trashes Tennessee movement at nobodytrashestennessee.com. We're here with Dr. Michael Carlson of Tennessee Regenerative Sports Medicine to discuss PRP, platelet-rich plasma. If you have orthopedic injuries such as shoulder pain, knee pain, Achilles tendonitis, or tennis elbow, you should give them a call. Good to be back, Jason. We specialize in non-surgical orthopedics, so we treat damaged tendons, ligaments, and joints, including rotator cuff injuries, knee injuries, and elbow and foot problems by using ultrasound-guided injections with PRP. And this form of treatment helps stimulate the body's own reparative process and assist in the healing of damaged tissue. Doc, what makes your training different than others? I've been practicing in Knoxville for over 26 years, and I'm certified in interventional regenerative orthopedic medicine through the American Academy of Orthopedic Medicine. They've been the leader in this form of treatment since 1983. I also teach this form of treatment on a national and international basis to other physicians, residents, and medical students. Here in our clinic, I'm the one doing the procedure, and we're using your own PRP, which are concentrated platelets, to treat your injury. So in other words, Jason, it comes from you and it goes back to you, so you know exactly what you're getting and know exactly the level of training involved. Do what the pros, college athletes, and I have done, and visit them online at trsportsmedicine.com. Tennessee Regenerative Sports Medicine, East Tennessee's leader in PRP therapy. More and more Tennessee businesses are switching to Iris Networks for reliable, local, high-quality, high-speed business fiber internet. Iris provides direct internet access from 10 megs to 10 gigs with no payments for 90 days. Iris also offers next-generation business phones with work-from-anywhere capability from the mobile or laptop app. With local sales, support, and service, Iris is a partner in the community. Learn more at irisnetworkusa.com or call 865-448-IRIS. Iris Networks, a Tennessee business connecting Tennessee businesses. Hour 3 of the Swain event is brought to you by the Low T Center and LowTCenter.com. Do you know your numbers? Feel like you again. Let us help. The official UT license plates are now available from county clerk offices across the state of Tennessee. All you have to do is ask for the KA plate. That stands for Knoxville Alumni. $15 of your $35 annual specialty plate fee will go to support student scholarships. Talk to your county clerk or visit alumnihall.utk.edu for more information. Let's go back to the phones. Ben, you told me who was on the phones right before the break. I got it right here. Pete in St. Louis and then Joe in Augusta. Pete, good morning. Hey, 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 Pete. Hey, how you doing, guys? What's up, Pete? We great, man. Oh, hey, give me a second. I followed Ballstorm. I got to turn my volume back up. Hang on. Okay. <laughs> I got three points on that conversation I'd like to make. All right, go for it. The number one point is, you're right, we don't... And people have short memories, but when Alabama was down and they were down, and people forget that, 
they were down for dang near 10 years. Nobody was complaining then when we were waxing them. So we play who we play. Point two, to Neil Mafia's point, he's right. Financially, it might be possible. There's a team called Notre Dame, and they do it. The, the, the point three is the kinks in the armor are recruiting would be a concern, and there's a reason that Notre Dame got into the ACC as a playing partnership, and it was because they were trying to ensure they could have a chance to get into the playoffs. So while our brand could hold up nationally, and while, yes, he's right, there's so many outlets now, you could go find contracts. And as an individual school not having to share, you probably could equal the money. But the risk in the recruiting and getting into the playoffs, I think, has already been proven by Notre Dame. They've already had that model, and you see how they had to react to the current climate. Like it. Like, like the phone call, Pete. I like it. That beep is back. I don't, don't know what it is. But let's see. Let's see if it, uh, if it happens again with our next phone call. Thank you for the phone call, Pete. Good points there. Uh, you know, Notre Dame is, is the model. And I don't know if Tennessee can do exactly what Notre Dame has, has done. Um, and it's, it's kind of hurt them in some ways, too. In, in recruiting, but they're playing a, I won't say difficult schedule, but it's not its not super, super easy like some of those big ten teams are playing. Ohio State have been playing over the last couple of years, and they put themselves in position to uh, make a run at the college football playoff, but I don't think we set up like Notre Dame. You know, as much as pride we have about our university, and I don't think we set up uh, with, a, with a global – brand like Notre Dame. Uh, we got a brand. I don't know if it's like Notre Dame's though. Um, let's get to Joe and Augusta. Hopefully that beep doesn't come back. If it does, then we'll have to address it during the break. Joe, good morning. What's going on, gentlemen? What's up, Joe? Alright, man. The schedule is not the problem. The problem is the schedule that we created by being a problem. You know, like let's let's take Georgia, for instance. We, we created this monster. You know, by being so bad that we weren't a viable option for a lot of four- and five-star kids, they got a lot more four- and five-star kids that we generally get, and that's how they built their depth and got so much stronger. You know, the the talent kind of spreads out when everybody's about where they're – polluted that way, and then – Florida hasn't been good. Florida hasn't been Florida in a minute. And that's what built Georgia where they are. Uh, you know, we can't deal with two Alabamas on the same schedule, which is basically what we have now. But, you know, we helped create that. Mm-hmm. And if we get better and handle our own business, we can help dissipate that as well. Because mm-hmm. We'll start getting more kids that they have been getting that they won't be getting. And it'll eliminate some of their depth. I mean, we've got to be who we are and not what we've been. You know, this is a program that that shouldn't win less than seven or eight games minimum. Like, that should be mandatory. Because if you play three or four sisters of the four like we generally do, or like three sisters of the four and one legit out-of-conference game, you shouldn't lose to Missouri, Vandy, or South Carolina ever. It just, I mean, you know, once every 15 years. Yep. And we haven't been doing any of that. Like, yep. We've been crap. Yep. And and that's what, I mean, every schedule is going to be hard when you suck. <laughs> and it's going to get worse when you suck because 
all the players that generally come to you aren't coming to you because you suck. Yeah. And once we stop sucking, the schedule won't be near. <laughs> it's pretty. It's very simple. Pretty simple, right there, Joe. Thank you, man. Thank you. You know, you know, you know, you know who you would have had if you just didn't shoot yourself in the foot. You would have had Trevor Lawrence. You would have had all these players that went to clubs, and you would have had them. And I wonder who would have been complaining about the schedule being hard when you had those dudes. All these NFL players that wanted to come here but just couldn't. They couldn't do it. All right, going back to the phones. Man, how how did this conversation dominate the show? Well, because people call in and want to talk about it. It's a, it's Let's a do it. significant topic. Let's do it. Let's do it. I like it, man. I like the passion. I like the passion behind it. So, uh, Turkey Man and then RJ in Chattanooga. Turkey Man, good morning. Hey, good morning, individual. Good morning. Hey, I'd like to get into this fight. How bad have we been? Last year, we we had to force, they had to force Vanderbilt to play us when they really was just deleted. That they they went and got a a a uh, soccer a girl soccer uh, player to come and kick points for them, and we allowed it to happen. We allow, we didn't stop it. She she couldn't get it up high enough, and we stood there and let her make it. We didn't make an effort. We've been so bad that that it's uh, we've let. We've let everybody make a joke of us. But I've seen this year. Now, if anybody that don't understand that we're making fake progress, Nick Saban said we should have been 6 and 1. I say that we should have been 7 and 0. Oh. Because we was right there with them. The breaks, the calls, and whatever made the difference. But you look, you look at the plays that happened. That some of we had a hand in it. That that caused caused us to get behind and the momentum to shift. But they was officiating that made the difference in the momentum momentum swinging in every one of those games. That actually, I have not seen. Nick Saban as mad as he was because I could see that we could we could we they have problems on. I have not seen that since Dobbs got turned loose on them, and if we we just stopped them a couple downs right there, instead of they got three first downs in a row that and changed that momentum, and like to see, just you know you say I just like to see what happened. If we just had not done that, but we're we're there. But we, you look at you look at the our win and loss schedule from last five or six years with Vanderbilt. I tell you how bad we've been. And when we get back to where we need to be, uh, Vanderbilt uh, will be just what they've always been for us. Kentucky will be what they've always been, and also Alabama. Will be a rivalry, and they'll be figuring out their fans will be saying, "I wish we didn't have to play uh, Tennessee every year. We don't have to get that off the schedule." I want them to say that, not us. But well, well Turkey Man, uh, Sarah Fuller could have done that against anybody. I mean, all she did was go, ca- go out and kick extra point. That could have happened against 
any team that Vanderbilt could have played that year. I mean, we allowed them to to set that opportunity up because they scored a touchdown. So, I mean, I guess you can say don't allow Vanderbilt to score a touchdown and they will have opportunity to do that. But that could have happened to any 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 school. I don't even hear much about it, honestly. Anymore. Tennessee Tennessee blew out Vandy last year. Yeah, like and <laughs> just you know. And, and Sarah Fuller did get it up. She got it up over the upright. So thank you for that, Turkey Man. Is it Friday? No, it's Wednesday. Let's go back to the phones. RJ and Chattanooga. <sighs> RJ, good morning. Uh, appreciate you guys. Love the show as always. Today's especially good. Um, I love uh, I love to talk about the uh, schedule. Um, I agree with you guys. No no reason for Tennessee to tuck tail and run. Um, but there are some some issues that I don't think are fair. The parity in this league, as far as their schedule, is ridiculous. Um, why does Georgia and Florida get to play a neutral site game every year? Um, you know, at the very least, I kind of wish we would get back to about eight teams and everybody played everybody. That way, you know, none of this strength of schedule stuff would, would be an issue. Everybody play everybody home and away, home one year, away the next. Um, that, that, that would solve that. It's even worse in basketball. Um, I I don't know why they can't figure out a way to get our schedule in basketball to pair up nicely. Uh but anyway. Oh yeah, and and now we're getting Texas and Oklahoma in on the other side. Uh and guess what? They've got a they've got a yearly neutral site game scheduled. Um so uh Bring it again, on. it's not fair. Anyway. All right, I'll hang up and listen to you guys. Love the show. Thanks for taking my call. Thank you, RJ. RJ was not a fan of Bring Florida it. and Georgia playing a, a neutral site every year and and Texas Oklahoma playing a neutral site their game obviously played in Dallas at the State Fair every every year. Do you think that's a unfair advantage and I'm I'm assuming no, it stinks for them. It's great for well, us. He he in terms of playing a neutral site? Yeah, because they of, can't they can't have they lose a a week of recruiting at home. That's true, but he's more so just speaking to the game that impacts that season. Like, it, it's easier to play a neutral site game. Like, this year, it would have been easier for Tennessee to play Alabama at a neutral site rather than play in Tuscaloosa. It would have. You would rather play Alabama in Atlanta than you would in Tuscaloosa. He's not wrong. You know how – you hey. You know how I feel about that. About what? Home and home, Alabama, Tennessee, home and home, Georgia, Florida. The Georgia-Florida game, yeah, it's a neutral site, and there's are, there are pros and cons. Like, okay. You don't have to deal with the, the, the crowd as much, but you lose a week of recruiting. I'm sorry. I don't want to lose a week of, of, uh, of recruiting at home. So I think it's a disadvantage, and I think – that if you ask the coaches of Florida and Georgia what would they prefer, they would prefer the home and home over the neutral site. Yeah, I I, I just don't think RJ's wrong. Like like it is. Well, it's not about being wrong or right. It's just, I just 
disagree and have a different preference. Yeah, I, I think you're also looking at it from a different angle than, than RJ is, and that's, that's perfectly fine. Both yeah. of y'all are, are right. Like, like next year, Tennessee will have to play at Georgia, and Florida gets to play Georgia in Jacksonville. Like, that, that, that is an advantage for Florida. Like, you, you would rather play Georgia in Jacksonville than in, in Athens. But, but the, the, to your point, I mean – Georgia also misses out on uh, a week of recruiting because they play in, in in Jacksonville, although they're allowed to have recruits at that game. I'm pretty sure they are. I mean, it's obviously different than, than hosting them in Athens, but I'm pretty sure recruits can go. No, I don't think so. You might want to look that up, but I, I, I remember that's one of the downsides of doing a neutral site game is that you can't host, you can't host recruits. You're not at home. How are you going to host recruits and not at home? When we played – Bowling Green to start the season in Nashville, that was one of the disadvantages. How is that any different than Georgia and Florida? And I go back to my point I made earlier. This point that RJ made, although I respect it, is different than mine. These points were not brought up when Tennessee was handling business on the field. And Tennessee was better. It was no problem when Tennessee was going down in 2003 and beating Alabama. It wasn't a problem. It wasn't a problem then. No one was saying, oh, you know, it'd be better to play with neutral site. It don't matter. If you if you better and you can handle business, play the home and home. That's I I, I love it. We we've made points about how we don't like neutral site games when non-conference, but now it's okay to play them in conference. Huh? Hmm? I'm just I just disagree. My focus is on getting better. And I think if you get better, you handle on business, everything will take care of itself. So what I was thinking of was Georgia in 2019 introduced a legislation at the SEC spring meetings that would allow schools to host recruits at in-conference neutral site games. It got shut down? I don't know. This, okay. this is just an article. I don't know whether it got approved, whether it got shut down, but this is an article from Georgia's rival site uh, saying that ath- athletic director Greg McGarity was going to propose that that, that, that be changed. I, I do not know whether it, it took place or not. I think if it would have took place, taken place, we would have probably heard about it. It would have been some big buzz about it because that would have been a significant win for Georgia and Florida in recruiting uh, for sure. But that they, I look at it as a disadvantage for them that, you know, they can't host. Now, it hasn't really hurt Georgia. I mean, it don't matter for them, right? They're still getting players left and right. But for Florida, I mean, they're, they're losing a weekend. They're losing a an opportunity to bring kids on their campus and experience the environment. TC says that they are not allowed. There it is. TC would know. He would know. He, he got is. more. He got more bulldog friends than Tennessee friends. That that is that is true. Speaking of, I'm uh, kidding. TC. Speaking of Georgia and Athens, uh, Rodney and Ostell posted earlier what on he, the text box. What did he post uh, when we were talking about uh, your uncle coming to sit with you and in, in in school and my mom coming and, and sitting with me yeah. for the day? Yeah, yeah. Rodney posted and said that he had to go up to the school one time. And sit with his son. I think he said when he was in the fourth grade, and his principal was all for it and escorted Rodney to the classroom and and this and that. I was wondering, do you think Rodney is is going over to Athens and and sitting in with his son to make sure that he's that he's doing well in in his Georgia Bulldog classes? 
I mean, I, I don't. If he had to, I don't think he should. I mean, no, nah, man, you you on your own, son. You are on your own. But you don't think Rodney wants to make a trip over to Athens? And no, spend time on on George's campus with his son. I don't think and, I don't think Rodney wants any part of Athens. And, and, and appreciate that his son is is forcing money to leave Rodney's pocket and go to the University of Georgia and the state of Georgia. This is what I think. Rodney only wants to go to Athens. The only time that Rodney wants to go to Athens ever again would be to move his son out. <laughs> or to see Tennessee beat them. Correct. That would be the only time. I got you, Rodney. I know where your heart's at, Rodney. I know where your heart's at. Let's get to the phones. Let's go back to the phones. I was talking, so I didn't answer it yet. I know, I know. Who we got? Well, let me answer it real quick. Well, just just put them on, and we ask them. Just tell them to get on. Just get them on. Just just, just put that online. Who's that? Who's that? Mafia. All right, let's get Mafia. Mafia, 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 double dipping mafia. How did this narrative get turned to where uh, I said Tennessee should cut and run? How this narrative get to be where I'm like, we're running from competition? You talking about I, I, making more money and and being better on your on your own? That's that's what that's what your point was. That's my point. Yeah, Jay's Swain, point was I a little different. Swain, I'm old enough to remember that uh, there was a time when small schools in Tennessee uh, or or public schools in Tennessee played private schools. Mm-hmm. Like my old high school would play Brentwood Academy or you know or whoever else. Now these were private schools that could recruit. In short, they could pay folks to bring their families, bring their kids to, you know, to play for their school. Well, we couldn't do that. We had to take whatever rabble you picked up on the school bus. Mm-hmm. And needless to say, every year when it came to the state playoffs, guess who won? Who's that? And the reason that they won was because the other schools were at a competitive disadvantage. They weren't doing anything illegal. It was perfectly legal for them to recruit and do all that kind of thing, but it wasn't legal for public schools. So you have a situation right now, and I don't want to hear about Tennessee got sloppy. I don't want to hear that ever again, because that's the most bogus argument I've ever heard in my life. If me and you are standing in front of a judge charged with bank robbery, and your defense is, oh, well, judge, I wasn't one that left a fingerprint. I didn't get sloppy. That ain't no damn defense. You stole just like I did. So I don't want to hear, we got sloppy. We did the exact same things that everybody else did, and we're holding the bag. And we're holding the bag because we have known for years, for over a decade, that those SOBs in Tuscaloosa are posing with cars. They're flashing them on Instagram. They're literally doing everything. They're thumbing their nose because they know they can get away with it. And if we don't break this cycle, it is never going to change because no matter what you say about getting better, there have been other teams out there with a whole lot more stability that have gotten better, and it is still the exact same four effing teams in the playoff every year. Nothing is changing. Nothing. Doesn't matter how good you get. Because the TV contract, as long as that formula works, as long as people lay eyes on it, as long as they watch that product, they are not going to allow it to change. It is the definition of insanity. We've been doing the same thing over and over and over and over again. And teams like Texas A&M and, and, and Oklahoma State 
and and and, and Auburn, well, not Auburn, <laughs> any other teams, they bat against the lid like a bee in a bottle. The system isn't fair, and the system isn't fair because of the TV model. Okay, Swain, if you are making a, if you are making ten million dollars a year to do your show, and you have been making ten million dollars a year to do your show for ten years, and somebody comes up and says, "Oh, well, let's do this and let's change this and let's bring this guy on," and let's you go, uh uh-uh. nope, 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 nope. What we've got, we know, works. So, you know, you take all these things and you take the definition of insanity and you take teams who could be in the vanguard, teams who teams who got a coach fired, teams who led the way, teams who stood up, teams whose fan base said, no, this is enough. We're not going to do this anymore. We're not going to do things the way you want. We've done that before. Now, y'all want to talk about cutting and running and, and, and doing this, that, and the other. Let me just give you a sample schedule of Tennessee as an independent. Now, there aren't going to be any SEC teams scheduled Tennessee for a while because they're going to be mad at us, because they're going to pout, because they're going to be like, oh, no, 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 we can't. They left us. No, no, no. They'll be dirty. So that's fine. Here's a schedule. Tennessee Tech, ETSU, Austin P. That's our three cream puffs. We do it every year. Pittsburgh, Wake Forest, Michigan State, Notre Dame, Indiana, Virginia Tech, West Virginia, Arizona State, and Oregon. That team contains just as many top 25 opponents as we have right now and just as many top 10 opponents as we have right now. And when that changes and when the SEC is like, okay, you know, sure, we can schedule, all right, Tennessee, some of our, we can schedule you for an out-of-conference thing. You bring back Florida, you bring back Mississippi State, you kick Indiana out, you kick Wake Forest out, and you still have the exact same difficulty of schedule. Nothing has changed, except you are controlling all the revenues, you are controlling all the income sources, and since you are able to control your own scheduling, you have eight home games every year. You don't do any of this neutral side stuff. You don't do any of that. Every bit of the revenue you make from your home games is your own. Now, I said I'd call back and show you how I would get to double the amount of money that the SEC could ever pay us. I'm running out of time today. But the narrative that me, Neyland Mafia, or any other caller would ever say, hey, let's do things different, is an example of cutting and running, is absolutely the most sack of crap I've ever heard in all my years of listening to radio. Ain't nobody running. You know, if you're dating a girl and she starts beating up on you, and you walk away, are you cutting and running? Because what's going to happen if you swing back? You're the bad guy by default, right there, in the discussion, and you're going to go to jail. If you leave, you look like the ba- you look like you're cutting and running. Some of your boys, they'll 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 rag on you. They'll be like, "Ah, oh, look at him. The girl kicked his ass. She did this. Blah blah blah." No, he did the right thing for him. I still think the right thing. For, I still think the right thing for Tennessee is. The infrastructure within the SEC. Now, I do think that your argument got mixed in with Jay's because Jay Jay's and it has been on the the schedule is hard. That's that's the that's the reason why. And you you're looking at it from more of a business um, revenue generating opportunities. And so I understand that, but I still think that Tennessee just needs to get better, and everything will work out. Well, we haven't done all the other teams. What about all the other teams that have gotten better 
and yet it's the same way as it's still the same four teams every year. Because if, no one's if getting the opportunity better. were equal, if the opportunity in ten years nobody's gotten better. We've seen we've seen Auburn go out win championship. We've seen LSU go out win championship. We've seen other schools besides Alabama go out win a championship because they have gotten better. We've seen Oklahoma, Ohio State go out and beat Alabama because they had good players and had a good game plan, a good coach. We've seen Clemson beat Alabama when it mattered because they had good players and a good game plan and a good coach. I think Tennessee is a program that can do exactly that if we handle our own business. I truly believe that. So basically, what you what because I heard the the talk a few year, you know a few minutes ago that uh, those teams you could take Kentucky they could do everything all they want they ain't compete they ain't got the resources non football but basketball yes so so do you support by that token do you support the creation of a super conference for football where only thirty two teams who quote unquote have the resources should be allowed to compete at the highest levels and everybody else has to take a step down. Do I do I agree with thirty two teams being in super conference? I don't really care because I know Tennessee is one of those teams that when we are handling our business, we have a national brand. You have kids that that would want to come here because they step foot on campus and they see Neyland Stadium, they see the fan base, um, they see the you know the the commitment to winning. That Tennessee will, will be one of the five to ten teams in the country that kids will want to go to. I don't care about the other programs that's at a disadvantage. I don't care about them. I care about my team. So, sure, the other teams should just go kick rocks and shut down, shut up their program. Yeah, I don't care about the team. Play. Okay. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> we talking about Tennessee, right, Neil Mafia? We care about Tennessee? I don't care about them. So, ain't we do, but you are going to literally kill football as a viable option for 90% of – uh, of high schoolers who expect to use that to, you know, to go to college. But Neil and Muff, you you saying football is killed right now? Ninety percent of them ain't going to the top thirty-two schools. But but you're saying that football so is dead right now do? because only four the same four teams are going to the college football playoff. It, right, yes, and I'm trying to change it. Well, I'm just trying you're to get better, the and then we'll change it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right, all right. Okay, I've seen this. <laughs> like, and for the record, in 1992, as soon as they divided up the conferences, I was like, as soon as they divided up the conference, I was like, why are we still playing these other teams? Don't tell me i got to win my division and get to Atlanta and be like, oh, you got to beat these other cats too. Uh-oh. Who's chasing you, Neil Mafia? Who's chasing you, man? <laughs> ah, hell, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, thank you, man. Thank you, thank you, thank you. No, I I didn't mix in your point with Jay's, but you guys called back to back. I understood. I understand why it kind of did. Apologize for that, but hey man, I I think and we said it earlier. The Tennessee is in the conference they need to be in, and that Tennessee should be putting their energy in, take advantage of the NIL deal to go get some good players and create a culture that attracts players. And if for the first time in decades, you have that. Like, you, you have that. Now we just got to go get some dudes. Tennessee's just not making more money outside of the SEC. They're just not. It's, it's that simple. All right, let's go to the phones again. We'll finish with Vol and Birmingham for the day. Vol and Birmingham. 
Hey, man, I done lost everything I was going to say after that last phone call from Neil Mafia. It's all good. Hey, but, uh, I, I appreciate Neil Mafia's passion, though. Yes, I really do. Yeah. I love he, it. He's on it. I love it. I get it. what he's saying. I get what he's saying, but we'll never leave the SEC. It's just not going to happen. No. Um, no, I mean, even Texas is, I mean, you know, they have their own uh, TV, um, you know, station and everything, and they're still like, hey, we need to come to SEC. I mean, so. It is what it is. But the reason, um, you know, people talk about schedule and people talk about all this, the reason we are in the position that we're in is because of the hires that we have made. Yeah. You know, he was uh, Neil Amati was talking about Alabama, you know, handing out cars and all this stuff. Well, you know, we could do the same thing back then and got away with it and, you know, had all these recruits and all this stuff, except our, I mean, you, ha- you can't treat the people inside your athletic department like crap. And that's what did Jimmy Pruitt in. But, um... What really hurt us is all the talent that's been in the state of Tennessee over the last decade not getting them. Think about all the way back to Alabama's first national championship, having the Brit boys, you know, the Brit brothers on that team, offensive linemen. They came from Tennessee. You know, you're talking about T. Higgins. I mean, I mean, just think about all the players we could have gotten in the last decade that we didn't get, and that is the reason that we're in the situation that we're in. Now, it is getting better, but it has nothing to do with the schedule. Yes, we have a tough schedule, but if we have the athletes out there and we have the right coaches, which I feel like you know we do now, then we can win on any schedule. It's having the horses to get you there. Nick Saban is a great coach, but he is an even better recruiter. He out-athletes people. Every single time that they put a team on the field, you're beat at birth. And that's why they've been on the run that they have been on is because of the talent that they have had. And if you give us the same talent with competent coaches, then we're going to win the same game, no matter what your schedule is. So if Heupel can go forward with recruiting, get five stars, four stars, the people that he needs in his program, we will get to where we want to go, the four-team playoff every year if we want to, if he gets the players, no matter what schedule we're up against. Yeah. And you yeah. have a good day, guys. Hey, thank you. You know, you know what program has maximized – their abilities, and they're bumping their head on the ceiling. Kentucky. Kentucky. Clemson. No, Clemson already busted through. They won. But here's one that's winning at a high level, but they haven't busted through, though. That's Georgia. Like, what Georgia's doing is what Tennessee can do. Can we be number one in recruiting every year? Eh, I doubt it. But you can have a team full of good players – and still not win the championship because that's what Georgia has done because they've bumped their head against Alabama. But see, I, I, I don't think Georgia necessarily fits the bill of, of the case that you're trying to make because Georgia has has. Well, Neil Mafia said that the same four teams are in the college football playoff. Now Georgia was in there once, right. but Georgia still hasn't got over the hump. Right. We're talking about getting, giving yourself an opportunity with the schedule to win a championship. Georgia has done that, and they still haven't been able to do that. See, I guess where I'm coming from is I look at Georgia getting in its own way, not the the schedule being in its own way. Like Kirby having his his coaching malpractice at, at times has has cost Georgia more, in my opinion, than bumping into Alabama. Well, they they bumped into Alabama twice: once in the national championship game, and once in the SEC championship game. And when you have good players. You can make a little small mistake and still overcome it because I'm pretty sure that Tennessee 
made some mistakes in 98 and still was able to overcome it because they had better players. But when you go up against Nick Saban, who is the best of all time, you can't make, mistakes. You can't make those small mistakes. But Kirby, so like, if there's no Alabama, I think George and Kirby oh, I agree with that. would have won at least one championship by now. That's all I'm trying yeah, to say. That, yeah, that's fair to say. Yeah. I just, when, I, when I think of the argument that, that you're making and, and I agree with, like I, I think of Washington and Michigan State, two teams that have been to the playoffs – but they they've just maximized all that that program can can be and and ran into a buzzsaw. Michigan got close. They didn't make the playoff. Well, no, they Michigan beat, State. Michigan State. Yeah, they made the playoffs one year. No, they uh they beat they beat Ohio State in the Big Ten Big Ten championship, but they got snubbed. I thought Michigan State got drubbed by Alabama in the playoff. Did they get? I don't I don't think they made the playoff. I think they did. Maybe you should check it out Maybe, right I'm quick. probably wrong. You're probably right, though. It was uh, 2015. They made it? What's this? Playoff. Did they make it in 15? The Cotton Bowl Classic. Uh, I, I don't. 15? That was the year that Alabama lost to Ohio State, though. Yeah, so I don't think Michigan State actually. Well, it says playoff semifinal. So there was? They did yeah. make it? Yeah, and they lost the. Yeah, they 38 0. See, there it is. You are and right. They ran into a buzzsaw. In Alabama. They went 12 0 in the regular season, Michigan State did, and then. Ran into a buzzsaw in Alabama. Like that, that's what I think of when I think of a, a, a team maximizing its potential and just running into to a buzzsaw in Alabama. Washington's done it yeah. as, as well. Whereas <laughs> Georgia has, like, if, if you don't play Alabama in that national championship game, you probably win that national championship. But I, I think more of like Kirby and the Justin Fields debacle and, and the fake punt and. and some some locker room issues at times early on that have prevented him from winning more. I bring up Georgia because Tennessee, even though you bumped your head into Alabama, you can keep coming back like Georgia has been able to do. Washington hasn't been back. Michigan State really hasn't been back. Now, they have a chance this year to do it, but like Tennessee's a program that, yeah, you bump your head against Georgia, but you can still keep returning like Georgia has been able to do you know, since the championship game they lost to against Alabama, since the SEC championship game that they lost uh, to Alabama and wasn't able to advance. But here's one thing we will agree with as we as we finish up. Uh, we, we will agree with this, on this. And that is, we handle our business. We maximize the resources that we have. We do it together, and no one will have any complaints about scheduling. We'll be right there each and every year competing at a high level because Tennessee is one of those programs that can do that. We are. And it's just weird to be complaining about or having this argument. I won't say complaining. It's just weird to have this argument now when we haven't done that yet. Let's do it first. Then, if we are seeing the you know, the bias going in another direction, if we're seeing unfair playing field, then okay. But it's easy to cite that now when we have been killing ourselves, when we have been shooting ourselves in the foot with hires after hires after hires that have not been championship quality. So, I appreciate 
all the calls, all the interaction. I appreciate Neil Mafia's passion. Um, I just disagree, but I love Neil and Mafia. Um, I just feel like our focus, our energy should be on us and getting better. And then once we do that, then let's reevaluate. Not sooner. Michigan That's- State was in the playoff when Derrick Henry stiff-armed that defensive lineman. Ooh. Okay. There it was. There it is. So Michigan State was in the playoff. Gotcha. I knew you was right, man. You're always right, Ben. <laughs> no, I'm not. All right. We got we got to take a um, – 23 hour timeout. That's good math. Yeah, I got to take a 23 hour. I would say it's a 22 hour and 49 minute. That's right. That's right, because we went over. So we'll we'll be back tomorrow, 7 a.m. Swain event, fueled by Dead End Barbecue. Peace and love. We are out.